0: This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green.
1: Welcome into another edition of the Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. I hope you're uh, having a good week. I hope your weather is a little less crazy than it is here in Kentucky. I think over the weekend we had every type of weather in a 10-minute period, not even one day anymore, just a 10-minute period. Sun was shining, hail, snow, uh, rain, you name it. We had it in about 10 minutes. And it just seems to be a wild spring. We have a wild episode for you as we talk Blanton's and a month-long challenge with Chad Watson for Tasting Notes. And we also welcome in country artist, hunter-traveler, TV personality, Lucas Hogue, for our conversation. And it's a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. Also, don't forget to check out our Q&A podcast, Questions and Alcohol, which is available on Podcast Players Now. And YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram for video as well. And check us out at hopspirits.com. Let's not waste any more time and get into the show.
0: It's almost time. Where did I where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes.
1: Joining us here for another tasting notes is our what I who I'm going to call my whiskey guru, my whiskey guy, <laughs> uh, Chad Watson aka My Daily Bourbon on Instagram, part of the Bourbon Life
2: crew, Chad, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you
1: back. Been been a little a little too long, I think, and and since that that time of our last chat you did something I think is is pretty interesting. It's almost like a, if folks watched um Super Size Me and a couple of those were, you know, uh, the guy <laughs> ate, you know, McDonald's for a whole month. I mean, in the whiskey world, I feel like what you did is similar. You did a Blanton's month long challenge where the only thing you had was Blanton's. So, um yeah. why?
2: <laughs> uh that that's a good question, man. Um Honestly, I had talked about it for months leading up to that. I talked to a few guys at work, and I was like, what's the dumbest thing that I could drink for a month? And it was like the consensus was Blanton's. Not that Blanton's is dumb, but like what's the one thing that I could talk about for an entire month? Only post about it, only drink it, only rec- shoot videos of it. Because uh, I try to do a video a week. I try to post as much as I can if not every day then every other day. And um, I try to do everything revolving around what I'm doing. So I chose the shortest month of the year, um, (laughs) which I I, I noticed
1: that by, by the way.
2: (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people did. Um, the, the thing with it is, is, uh, that's, uh, that's a, that's, I don't like to drink the same thing every day. So 28 days after like day 16, I almost had too much. Like I was like, damn, when can I branch out a little bit? But, um, no, it, there were really like, so the, if you want to have a, like, I guess if you want a reason behind it, reason one was, can it be a daily drinker? Can Blanton's be a daily drinker? And in, in the short sense, yes, anything can be a daily drinker. Um, did I grow to like it more towards the end? Well, yeah, because it's the only thing I drink. but the first pour I had after that was probably the best thing I tasted in a month. You know, I mean, it, it was amazing. The second reason that I did it was I wanted to see how many people I could upset. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but there were, but you're going to upset two different people. You're going to upset the people who only want Blanton's and like, that's the best thing in the world. And then you're going to upset the people who are like, this is stupid. Um, you're just in a, you know, you're, you just want attention. I, I could care less if I got your attention, but the fact that I upset both sides of that, um, kind of worked for me, I guess. I don't know. It, uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I got a lot of hate. I got a lot of laughs. Um, my friends thought it was funny. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if you did or, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I can say that I drink one express or one brand for an entire month straight and I'll never do it again. <laughs> so, well, there you go.
1: And, but I, I did find it interesting because, you know, it wasn't like it was just, hey, I'm going to have Blanton's. You know a, and that's it you you were able to to mix up a little bit and try it in different ways um how, right, how was that because I feel like it's also interesting to take a look at of one how there the different expressions of it can differ, and then two how it plays with an old fashioned or a Manhattan or something like that.
2: I mean at the beginning, I was like, I'm gonna open this one bottle, I'm just gonna drink this one bottle the entire time and after like four or five days of doing that, I'm like, I can't do just one bottle. I can't do just standard 93 proof plans So I quickly was like, hey, I think I've got a straight from the barrel I'll open somewhere. If not, I'll open it. Same thing as my gold. So I wanted to branch out to kind of spice things up a bit, you know. And then uh, with the cocktails, I really just did that. It, I mean, most of the videos of my cocktails, they're just terrible cocktails. And I really just did it to see if I'd upset anyone. But Blanton make, Blanton's makes a hell of an old fashioned, and I am not sorry to say that, but I mean it's, it's seriously some of the best old fashions I've had this year were during the month of February using Blanton's. See, and you
1: learn something, and, and people can can learn off that too. <laughs> yeah, man. Too. So I mean, <laughs> at, at the end, you know, you it, you look back now, and obviously it, it's kind of funny, it's kind of you know, I, I guess i you can say, hey, I tried Blanton's for a whole month, um, you know, but um. <laughs> but what, what's your, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Cause even if we take blends out of the picture for, for you personally, and maybe for other whiskey drinkers, what's probably the one thing that you kind of can take away or maybe a couple things, you know, whether it's, you know, mix things up or, or just, you know, you can, you can have a daily drinker and that's a okay too.
2: Yeah. I mean, my thing is do what works for you. Um, I don't like to drink the same thing every day. I might drink the same thing, you know, two or three days in a row and then spice it up but i mean if you're someone who wants to drink evan williams black label and you drink that 365 days a year and you're fine with that awesome but just drink what you want don't drink what you think you need to drink what you should drink if you hate barrel proof bourbon but your friends love it who cares i mean that's just more for them and you can go buy stuff that you enjoy um that, that was pretty much probably my biggest takeaway because so many people told me how i should or should not be drinking it but at the end of the day it's it's my whiskey and I'm going to drink it how I want to and drink what I want to.
1: And and are you a bigger fan of blends, or, or, or did it drop further? I plead the fifth.
2: <laughs> well, Chad,
1: <laughs> I appreciate you coming on for another Tasting Notes. It's fun as always.
2: Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. <laughs>
1: Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is chart-topping country artist and host of Sportsman Channel Series, GSM's Hogue Wild, Lucas Hogue. Did I say it right?
0: You got it, man. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I told you I was worried before I hit the record button. That's going to screw it up. I, I got to ask, how many times does that name get butchered when you're out I'm and about?
0: More- it gets butchered more times than they get it right. I'm pretty <laughs> impressed when people get it right. It's pretty funny. It's uh, there's another artist and amazing songwriter here in town by the name of Will Hoag and Josh Hoag. and uh, thank God for their last name spelling it the same way and everything. So it, it helps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that that is good because, like I said, I mean, there's just seeing it spelled that way. I've even I've heard it other ways too from, and that's how they right. you know pronounce it other ways. So I was yeah. I was really trying to make sure I got it right, right tonight. So I'm one for one. <laughs> exactly. So. Good now, deal. I, I always ask this. You know, it's bar conversations. We always have a drink. I'm drinking a little Ransom bourbon from uh, the Pacific West uh, out in Oregon. It's a nice little bottle. Nice. Here. You got right anything on. good tonight in your cup? I'm
0: always. I'm drinking tequila right here. Uh, I it's like cucumber it. Cucumber and jalapeno infused tequila with a little club soda, and mm. a little bit of lime. Yeah.
1: So, are, do you like things spicy? Then are you a spicy food, spicy everything kind of guy? Oh
0: yeah, man. I love spice. The hotter, the better. I've got some <laughs> stuff that a buddy of mine. My- Brought me. um, you have to get it from Afghanistan, and it comes in kilos, and it comes in this plastic, like hard container, and you have to handle it with with like rubber gloves, and you can't let it get in the air because it'll get. I mean, it's, it's like nasty stuff, man. But it <laughs> Almost takes contraband. It a <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, and I heard you were just in South Africa for the for the show. How how was South Africa?
0: uh incredible! I, I didn't want to leave. We were having so much fun. We were over there for about. A little over two and a half weeks and just had an amazing time. I mean, first four days we were just kind of doing a shutterbug tour and and, uh, driving around and just taking pictures of cheetahs. We were within like 20 feet of cheetahs and their cubs and and elephants and monkeys and you name it, everything. And then uh, nine days later I went on my own safari hunt, which was amazing, amazing.
1: Well, I was gonna say I think I saw a picture on social media where you guys were doing that that Shutterbug part, and he just opened up a bar on the on the front of the Jeep, and he was, and he was uh, ready to have a good time.
0: Man, I want one of those Land Cruisers so bad. Those things are so cool. They have literally have these uh, grill mounts on the front, obviously for pushing, but then it, it turns into a table, and then they have the whole gear, and they've got the aluminum cups, and I mean, they go, they went all out. It was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sun was setting over the Joshua trees, and there was like a watering hole. I mean, it was like the perfect African scene, you know, like when Simba and Pumbaa are walking across the <laughs> log. You know, I was waiting for him to come over.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, how, do, how does one end up hosting a TV show on the Sportsman Channel? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> many,
0: many years of uh, cultivating amazing relationships. Uh, like I say in my my show, it's like my guitar has been my passport this entire time. since I was a kid you know I grew up in the outdoors in a little of town, Hubble Nebraska, 44 people, just super small. And that was that was our playground was outdoors no matter what. We were hunting and fishing, trapping, whatever we could do before and after school, after football practice, whatever it was on the weekends. I mean that was just what we did as kids. And uh, I just wanted to keep that going throughout my life. And uh, my guitars is what uh, kind of opened me up to even more grander versions of hunting and fishing that I never thought in a million years that I'd ever get to because some of these places I've gotten to go are like white glove, high dollar. You know? It's like <laughs> the rarity of me actually getting to go on some of these trips was pretty amazing. So uh, uh, just because I was playing a show for somebody or something like that where they introduced me to somebody or they wanted to take me on a trip with them. And I mean, I started meeting everybody I could, going to a SHOT Show and all the conventions and just talking to everybody and sitting down with the people at Outdoor Sportsman's Group and all the other networks as well and just being like, hey, if I wanted to do something like this, what's what would that, what would that look like, you know? <laughs> and they're like, well, it takes this and this and this. I'm like, all right. So me and my wife started doing it like years ago and uh, finally uh, came to fruition in 2020 where we were able to start the show and launched during the pandemic (laughs) which was good and bad (laughs) the fact that everybody was inside watching tv my numbers were amazing (laughs) but uh man it was it was kind of good because we were off the road a bunch you know able to uh i mean in the outdoors everybody's social distanced anyway i mean we're Hunters are pretty pretty social distant the way <laughs> anyway because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're in tree stands and lines and you know as far as far away from people as we can get. But uh, so it was great to be able to get everything in the can like that and start the show and we really we really did a good job. And the first year was great, second year was amazing, but this third year is going to be out of sight off the charts, man. We're oh. being in Africa for probably three or four episodes in Africa, and then uh, we were in Alaska on a friend of mine's like. I mean, it's a fishing yacht. I mean, it's like, <laughs> uh, what's, what's it's that It's not a show? small boat. <laughs> uh, Below Deck, Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Below Deck, Alaska. Instead of Below Deck, wherever the heck they are, you know. It was incredible. They got ca- uh, captain, crew, chef, everybody. And then we're c- we're catching everything, and they're serving it up, like, right behind us. It's just amazing.
1: I was going to say, I mean, getting to travel everywhere you, you've been able to to go, what's what's one that always stands out to you that you just always think of, or maybe your favorite place that you've gotten to go so far.
0: I've been so blessed to be able to travel all over this world, not only for, you know, playing for our troops and things like that, but, um, I've never been able to go out of the country to hunt. So the first ever out of the country hunting experience was in New Zealand in 2020 actually. And, uh, that was just the coolest thing in the world for me. I mean, Granted, it'd take us thir- 30 hours from doorstep to doorstep, but man, it was worth every second because we were hunting red stag and fallow deer and sika and everything. And it was just a fantastic trip. And not only was the hunting great, but just the sheer beauty of everything around you, you know, it's just incredible, you know. And that country is so clean, they literally make you scrub your boots before you go in because they will like confiscate your boots or ask you to leave <laughs> <laughs> or throw you in jail. <laughs> Uh, well, Good. I mean,
1: you know, being what what has always just drawn you to the the outdoors. I mean, I know you grew, grew up in a small town in Nebraska, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, it's that that is the fun the f- fun of what you could could do. But I mean, what yeah. still even at this age and being and doing what you're doing, I mean, what still draws you there? And then to be able to share the great outdoors with other people, you know, and, and your love of of nature and and everything that comes with it.
0: I mean, you said it right there. It's just the love of nature and just the the scenery and. You know, I love the water. I love scuba diving. I love everything about it. And because there's so much untapped, you know, adventures out there that people haven't seen yet, you know, and I want to bring them as close as I can to it. And uh, I just, I just love experiencing everything about what this land has to offer, from like a scuba diving to jumping out of airplanes to, you know, turkey hunting in my backyard, or <laughs> and bringing somebody else who's never experienced those things is one of the coolest things for me. Um, A buddy of mine, Casey Timmer, he's been on shoot two or three episodes of my show already because he he grew up in uh, Spokane, Washington, but he never really did anything except fish. He never hunted or anything like that. So I was able to get him his first uh, white-tailed deer, his first turkey last season. And now I think I'm going to take him to Belize. Uh, and see if he wants to do some deep sea fishing with me, and maybe some spear fishing, and get him into that. But uh, I love seeing his face, and people like that who just haven't experienced those, you know, grand, epic outdoor adventures. You know, and and whether it's like I said, turkey hunting or deer hunting, or scuba diving or fishing, whatever. It's just man, everything's so different and, and all all the same at the same time. So, so it's pretty cool to be able to share those uh, first experiences with people they've never done before.
1: I was going to say, I mean, it's got to be cool to give, give someone an opportunity that they probably wouldn't get otherwise. And, you know, growing up in that small town in, in Nebraska, how much did that impact just your career overall? Obviously, I mean, it made you an outdoorsman, country music. I mean, like, whether it's music or outdoorsman, how much did just where you grew up impact you and, and shape you, you know, who you became?
0: I mean, honestly, I I don't know who I'd be if I wasn't there, honestly, because I, I believe that that, you know, growing up in that small town, shaped me into the guy that I am today. I, I've never met a stranger, so I mean, I love talking to everybody and anybody who wants to have a conversation because <laughs> I feel like I've I've been around this world a couple times that I, I can find some sort of common thread, whether we're on different sides of the fence or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's it's just one of those things that I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I feel like my heart's still back there sometimes, you know, and I'm off traveling and here in Nashville. and I love going back home as much as possible, and I don't get to go home enough, but... Um yeah, I'd say it shaped the heck out of me, honestly.
1: <laughs> I was going to say speaking of that hometown, is it legit 44 people? Is that like is that the yeah. number or is it gone up or down? <laughs> it's
0: gone up actually. I it, you know, when I was there, I've got a picture of the the sign coming in. I I think they should just put like a little revolving sign <laughs> on it. So it's like when you drive in it goes to 45 and when you drive out it goes back to 44, but I think it's 66 right now or 68 something like that. So the numbers are increasing. <laughs>
1: But well, I I love just that hometown feeling cuz like you said you never met a stranger coming from there but I, I think I read a really cool story where they helped pretty much send you off to to Nashville to start your career I mean they raised what $2500 to kind of give yeah. you that opportunity I mean how I mean I don't know too many places that are are willing to to always do that for someone
0: Yeah it was pretty cool we uh so Hubble is where I my mom and dad have a little farm there's 44 people there and then like seven miles straight east or seven miles straight west is Chester Nebraska and then 13 miles on uh west of that is Byron Nebraska so all three towns had to consolidate to make one you know school kindergarten through 12th grade in Chester and uh they had a nice auditorium there where we did all of our you know productions in high school and whatnot and and concert band and all that stuff. And, and me and my dad and my brother have been touring around our little counties there and playing where everybody listen, right? And we'd do little shows and have our other singing friends come over. So I was like, you know what? I want to do a kind of like a, a, a mini Opry at the auditorium. And kind of just a, hey, thanks everybody for coming to the shows over the years. And, and and then all of a sudden it turned into, hey, we're, we're doing a free will donation because I'm leaving tomorrow for Nashville. And man, the place started just going crazy. It was awesome. Had a bunch of friends of mine that were playing music with us, so we do kind of opera style. Everybody come out and do two or three songs and rotate out, and then the uh, women of the community were all quilters or bakers, so they started auctioning off quilts and baked goods and paintings, and man, it was just it was so cool. I've still got one quilt that they all my mom made, and everybody from counties around who came to the show signed it, and you know said farewell and hope hope it goes well. And, here we are today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, but that's an amazing thing to just be able to think back of. I mean, if nothing else, you always have that to look back on and just go, man, to think where I started and where I'm at now. I mean, just an mm-hmm. amazing journey.
0: It really is, man. I've been, like I said, I've been pretty blessed. You know, it's been a hard road. I ain't going to say that it hasn't. Every day's hard in the music business, no matter what you're in, no matter what business you're doing. You know, if you're kind of self-employed doing your own thing, right. Um, it's just uh, everybody's like man i just want to work for myself i'm like yeah but you're going to work 10 times harder than you are <laughs> You've got a yes, 9 to yes. 5 you know cuz you don't sleep you you know or, you, everything is poured into your blood sweat and tears goes into every single day and you, know, you can't waste a single second because you you don't know where that next paycheck's coming it's not coming from corporate america
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> no you you are the ceo so, the vp the secretary the janitor you are all rolled into one um <laughs> you know when you know how did you end up in in music because I, I think i i read you know you started playing guitar at 17 but i think you had a love for music even before then like how how did you end up in in yeah. music or just find that love of music
0: well so my mom and dad my dad was in uh, a bunch of like music groups back in his college days and and uh he was singing the entire time that uh, us kids were growing up as well and He'd sing, you know, where the local karaoke guy was running around, you know, he'd he'd be singing the tracks wherever he could go. And then (laughs) my brother got hooked on it and, you know, all that stuff. But it started way, way back when I was just probably five, six years old. And and, uh, the little country church that we started in, I think at the peak congregation, there might have been 15 people there because there was actually three, I think two or three churches in Hubble. So there's more people (laughs) going to church than there live there. <laughs> and uh, we went to on a Methodist Sunday. church. <laughs> exactly, exactly. D- doubled in size. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were the choir and, you know, all that stuff. So, mom and dad and some of the other people from the community and the preacher were all the choir. So, when they'd go practice at the parsonage, um, they'd sit me in the corner and the preacher brought me out like an electronic little drum pad, right? So I could just play around with it or whatever. And then, you know, a few weeks go by and I start keeping like perfect time with him. I'm only like five or six (laughs) years old. And the preacher kind of took me under her wing. She's like, okay, you've got some natural, you know, built in rhythm here. Let's, let's kind of mold this. So she took me into the uh, local music teacher at the high school before I was even kindergarten. She's like, Hey, this kid's going to be coming to school here next year, blah, blah, blah. And my brother and sisters are there. So I knew Mrs. Riggs. She was the best music teacher ever. And, uh she was like okay we're gonna start him on the drums and i just fell in love with the drums you know you get to bang on stuff all day long of
1: course <laughs> awesome. and uh
0: just excelled at that and then knew that i wanted to start picking up other instruments so i started learning how to play the piano and and uh slowly started getting into guitar but knew that that was you know doing this both hands was hard you know <laughs> the piano helped but it was it was challenging but you know those kind of musical instruments started coming natural to me and i just fell in love with it and i really didn't pick up singing um that much i knew i could sing a little bit i was in choir and all that stuff but it wasn't until my dad and my brother were uh uh, all singing at a uh, little you know track night karaoke night or whatever and they got up there and they sang one of my favorite alan jackson songs and i was like man i'm jealous you know because they're up there on stage singing together and i'm like i want to try this but i'm too too shy or too timid to do it on stage so i talked to the the guy who was running the rig and he's like yeah i got a little studio at the house why don't you come over tomorrow and we'll you know, throw you on some cans and see if you can sing. And I sang a couple songs and he hit stop and he's like, okay, you're coming to every show from now on. You got you to, <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, started building my confidence up and you know, that's when it kind of all started from there.
1: Well, and, and you know, obviously country music's where, where you landed, but, um, you were a little different in college. You had a uh, southern rock band and a, a worship band as well. Like, ha, ha, wh- well, what was the balance on all of this?
0: <laughs> yeah, it started out. People call it a southern uh, a southern rock band, but the the name of the band was called uh, Southern Cross, which had nothing to do with either. <laughs> it was just a mishmash of anything goes type of thing. It wasn't a religious band and it wasn't a rock band. It was just, hey, we're just going to sing songs at bars. And I remember performing with the big black X's on my hand because I was too young to, to drink. So they almost didn't let me sing, but they're like, this is our lead singer, man. And, and Southern Cross has been going around, had been touring in that, that area for years. I mean, they were, it was just like, you know, hey, we need a new lead singer. And I was really bad at Playing guitar still, so I was still learning. And it was pretty funny. And uh, yeah, I fell in love with those guys. That was a great band. I think they're still touring around Nebraska and in the Midwest. And then I had a worship band going on called uh, Extreme Devotion, where I was the drummer and, and, and front man for that. And uh, it was so much fun, you know, doing that And on like, I think it was Thursdays and Wednesdays at the UNL campus there in Lincoln. It was awesome. I had a great time. But then I started my own country band called Borderline at the same time. So I was like mixing mixing it all up.
1: <laughs> you were staying busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was man, I was trying to grab onto anything and sing everything that I could. And it's I guess it paid off, but when I decided I wanted to move to Nashville, nobody wanted to go with me. They all had families and I was just ready to, ready to go.
1: <laughs> hey, but I mean in the in the end it, it worked out. I mean you know obviously you ended up on the opry stage i mean playing sharing the stage also with legends i mean what's what's the whole journey been like for for you in in the music game
0: you know there's been obviously like anything else there's highs and lows definitely you know you get kicked down and and you just got to keep going and and know that this is what god's plan for you and that's what you're meant to do and and hopefully that he keeps steering the path and you keep going down the right road because (laughs) it's easy to get off on uh on the wrong road in this industry that's for sure but uh yeah it's been you know eye-opening rewarding challenging just everything that you can possibly think of Uh, we've had to go through it you know you get suckered into things when you first move to town you're young and naive and dumb and don't know nothing about the industry and somebody takes advantage of you and you finally meet some people that they're like, man, you need to stay away from these kind of people. And now it's like, finally you narrow it down to where, you know, it's like that road starts smoothing out a little bit.
1: <laughs> you know? you don't need that off road Jeep anymore, right? Yeah, I'm done. I don't need any
0: more, uh, more speed bumps. <laughs>
1: You know, you, you talk about being, you know, growing up in a church and and just kind of singing anything and everything. I mean, what what were some of your musical influences or people that you you loved to listen to or or just wanted to be like growing up that yeah know, have stuck with you to this day?
0: Honestly, man, it's it's all across the board because I I was the youngest of four. I had an older brother and two older sisters, and uh, anytime they played the radio, I didn't get to. I didn't get to mess with the knobs. I had to listen to whatever they've listened to. So my brother was pretty hardcore country, and then my sisters were all like rock and pop and all that stuff. So I got a good mixture of everything. But then my mom and dad were kind of always pushing uh, like singer songwriter people on me too, which I fell in love with that stuff right away. So when I was a kid, I was listening to like Skip Ewing and Paul Overstreet and Michael Peterson and those guys who were writing the hits and who were also amazing artists in th- themselves as well. But those were the people that I really gravitated towards uh, was Skip Ewing, and, and I just love the way he could craft a song and, and deliver a song as well, but um, on the performance side, obviously Garth Brooks was a huge influence, you know, the way he could perform, and, you know, George Strait and all those guys, just loved every second of them, but I also love you know, the rock stuff too, I love. You know, Aerosmith and Stone Temple Pilots, and you name it, man. I just loved it all. And Warren G, I just loved listening to anything I could. There's because I felt that there was a a common vein in a lot of that stuff where you could almost pull out some of the lyrics and put it over top of R and B stuff or hip hop, or vice versa with country. And it just, man, it was just fun to to mix around those kinds of things. It's really cool.
1: I was gonna say, I mean, when when there's a good story to be told in a song, it, I feel like it can transcend anything and can uh you know like you said it it it, it doesn't matter whether it was hip-hop or or country you can find find something in there that relates
0: exactly exactly
1: now now you have a a new single out correct um you know since you are a country artist you're still doing that that's still a gig of yours (laughs) Uh, can you talk a little bit about stay in touch
0: Yeah, well, I'm trying to stay in touch out there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Stay in touch, you know, is a song I wrote with my good friends CJ Solar and Andrew Scott Wills. They're both great, amazing songwriters who've got tons of accolades under their belt and uh, written for tons of great people. And this was just one of those songs that we were just sitting there in the writing room one day, and I started playing this funky little kind of groove up and down the neck, and and cj started talking about this thing he's like man this is a breakup and let's let's make it you know fun a fun breakup where it's not like the same old everybody's down in the mouth whatever i'm like yeah sounds great man so it's like a friends with benefits type of a <laughs> song <laughs> you know and it just turned out great you know my buddy Forrest Glenn whitehead who's an amazing songwriter and producer in himself he uh, produced this track on me and uh, it turned out great so hopefully it'll do do pretty good it's just out there on dsp right now and um we're just figuring out the whole what's the next step? We got tons of singles coming out this this year. I mean, probably got six singles coming out. Um and then there'll probably at the end of the year be a, an album of some sort, you know, a compilation where we put them together, but nobody's releasing full albums anymore. It's crazy. They're just doing singles at a time, you know, and seeing what what pops. So it's definitely uh the music business changes overnight. So <laughs> I
1: was going to say I, I think I remember reading something or just people talking like if if a producer or, or you know record label came exact from like the 50s and 60s came to today <laughs> they'd be like i know that i know this game it's just singles and and exactly um, uh, but but you know b- being able to write and kind of have fun fun with it or or just share experiences or ideas what what's that like for you in the process for you of either coming up with a song or picking a song that that you want to record or release
0: yeah I, I mean i really enjoy it especially if you're in a room with you know friends that you've been writing with for years and And you might have been struggling the last couple of times writing a song or something comes out. You always get something. But, you know, sometimes you're just hoping to get that magic. You know, you don't always get the magic every day, which would be nice, right? Because we'd all just have hit songs every
1: single day. (laughs) It's like you don't get the deer every time you go for the hunt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Thank you. Great analogy. I haven't thought of that one. So that's perfect. Yeah, it's just like hunting. They don't call it, you know, hitting. (laughs) Hit songwriting today. We're just going to write hits. But, yeah, it's just fun, you know, getting a room. Obviously, we have tons of fun, and that's the key if you're not having fun, scrap it and start over. Come back tomorrow and do something else, you know.
1: Well, I mean, I, I've talked to – even talking to guys that are in, like, the beer industry and stuff like that and coming up with just fun names, they're like, sometimes you just got to write them on the board, get them out of your system, and then next mm. thing you know, the good one com- comes through. And I'm guessing yeah. for, for, for a writer, that's the same way.
0: Oh, absolutely. We've got some songs that – some of my favorite songs are probably songs that you may never hear <laughs> <laughs> because they're either too too bad or <laughs> they just – They're just one of the fun songs, you know. I think we're going to release them anyway. I've got some great ones that I can't wait to get out there. Uh, I've done some stuff on TikTok that was starting to pop off. Uh, One's called Duck Blind, and then uh, another one's called Best Friend's Mom. And uh, they're getting some pretty good reactions, so we might have to.
1: (laughs) And who would have thought, you know, when you started that, you know, social media could be what makes you Um, release a song?
0: Man, it really is, honestly, and and that's crazy. So many friends of mine are like, used to be big CEOs at record labels and stuff, and they're like, man, I had to get out because we were signing, you know, so and so artists that you know popped off on on a social media channel, and and they were like, we don't want to do that, you know. I'm like, well, <laughs> you kind of have to because that's what's gearing you know the industry these days. So I mean, it's crazy when you can have a song that that really pops off and you're getting millions and millions of views overnight. I mean, it's kind of undeniable. And some friends of mine that have been on labels that got dropped from labels finally have a platform where they're just releasing songs, and they're going crazy. And the the label shut them down, you know, or, or didn't let them release it, and and now they're kind of like, "See, I told you so." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that it's goes back, back, to, back that, to the
1: yeah, the it's like days. back to when the artists,
0: Yeah, when they listen to the artist, who who would have thought?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is it it's is crazy. wild to think of that. Now now you yeah. did say so you got new music and maybe an album at the end of the year so I'm I'm guessing you're ready to get back and and play play some stuff and do some things yeah. in, in the country music oh, world definitely.
0: right Oh yeah yeah we've got some great shows I'm I'm doing some shows with Justin Moore and Granger Smith this year and and uh all over the Midwest and we did a show in Africa that did so well. That was so much fun over there, you know. And we finally get shows that where people are coming out and it's, you know, back to normal. It feels normal anyway, as much as possible. So it's still a little crazy out there on the road, but I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. And people are starting to finally come back out and and start having fun again.
1: And, and I was gonna say, I mean, between you know your your sportsman career, you know, in the show there, and then obviously playing music. Do you ever get time to just relax (laughs) or is you relaxing when you're out in the duck blind or, or on the boat fishing? I mean, what what, do you, do you
0: get (laughs) downtime? It used to be now it's, there's a camera in your face. So you don't get to relax there either. But, uh, you know, I mean, we try and take as much time as we possibly can. That's like when we went to Africa, we decided to take four days before we had to get kind of get to work. So, we try and do that or stay a little longer on a different trip, you know, things like that, you know. And we do what we can. We're trying to make hay while the sun's shining. <laughs> My wife's got an amazing business. She's killing it. She started in 2020. It's called Artistry Alliances, where her and her partner are just killing it right now, just having a great time. So we're both like, let's just do it while we can, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll relax in the recliner. You know, years from now, hopefully.
1: Uh, I I feel like your your spirit won't won't allow that. Um, you know, but you know, you talk about you know the humanitarian efforts beginning to play for the troops, um, supporting just charities in general. Why why are some of those things so so important to you and and just something that you always want to do?
0: Well, I mean. I don't remember who told me or what philosophy I had, but it was, you know, early on, I always saw my mom and dad giving back in in different ways. We didn't have money to give back to, but we had our time, you know, we had our talents or whatever we could give, you know, And, and that's kind of where I learned it from was when dad would volunteer his time to, you know, sing at a charity event and raise money for something. You know, we didn't have, like I said, deep pockets or any money to give, but we could give our time. And so... I knew that I wasn't going to wait around until I had money because that <laughs> that may never come. Because <laughs> I, I knew I wanted to give back on my journey as much as possible, and, and I've just always lived by that, you know, just give back as much as you can. As and, and it doesn't always have to be money; it just could be your time. It could be spending time with somebody. Like there's different organizations in town called one's called Music Cares. They do so much for you know the people here in this town where they'll take artists and musicians and they'll walk through the hospital and they'll just sing songs and you know we're not giving checks or writing checks to people we're just trying to bring smiles to people and things like that and and then i just try and give back in any way i can I'm, I'm on that front
1: and then i, I guess I, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this last question is just what are you hoping for in 2022 or what can folks expect from you in 2022 I'm hoping for
0: a really good year <laughs> 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 to erase the two bad years. Oh no. I mean, I, I gotta say we, we were able to survive those two years like everybody else. But, uh, um, this year, you know, I just hope people that enjoy the new music coming out and I hope they come out to shows and not let anything scare them away from it because, you know, it's time to get back to life and get back to fun and, and not live in fear anymore. And, and, uh, that's the biggest thing I want for people is just to come out and start living their lives again and, Getting back to a little normal, you know, and watch the show, and let's let's have some fun out there.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, when, when does season three of GSM's Hogwild Hog Wild drop? <laughs> Hog Wild, you see, you got the... I know, I, the- I caught myself, I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hogwild, Wild,
0: yeah, GSM's Hogwild Wild will start uh, June of this year, and man, it's going to be awesome. Like I said, we're all over the place. We're in Alaska, we're in Africa. We're in. We're gonna be in Belize. I mean, Costa Rica. You name it, man. We're in some amazing places, and I can't wait to show everybody. And the fact that a lot of these places that we're going, um, it's super affordable. And that was that was my thing. Is like people watching this are like, oh my gosh, she's you know on a yacht in the Virgin Islands. Nobody can do that, but you can because it's really pretty cheap when you boil it down. If you get you know three or four couples to go with you on this boat, it's no more than going to. A big theme park for the weekend with your kids really it's absolutely and i would much rather be on a yacht out in the beautiful blue waters of the virgin islands you know catching lobster and fish and doing whatever <laughs> waiting in line at a roller coaster come on <laughs> i
1: was gonna say live, live a little and, and have a little fun and and also your new single stay in touches out people can find that they can go to lucashoge.com com. h-o-g-e Cause, and yeah. then obviously social media as well. And, and Lucas, this has been a blast. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your, your, your story, your journey with me.
0: Me too, man. Thanks for having me on. Let's do a screenshot so we can post it. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Boom, I got you. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thank you.